Hey guys, this is your host Odinaka, and you are now listening to Section OD. So welcome back to another episode of the Section OD podcast, guys. I want to start off by saying happy Black History Month to all of my Black folk and my Black folk only. And to quote the late and great Whitney Houston, we need a longer month. This just might be a lengthy one, so don't find me on this because I know how you girls like to tussle. I'm going to try my best to have this conversation without bias, but I'm going to be honest in saying that this is one specific thing where it's hard for me to remove my bias because of the fact that I understand the brand. I understand the branding, its messaging, its meaning, and even personally feeling connected to the brand. Um, It's going to be really hard to take that out because of how Telfar has evoked so much, you know, community through his brand. And I'm going to take a second to brag a little bit. Telfar himself has told me he loves me. So what do I look like hating outside the club? (laughs) Crazy. Um, But anyways, for those who don't know, I was on Telfar TV a couple months back when they were promoting the uh, collection. And, um... Telfar and his team, you know, they're very much aware that I have a lot of Telfar bags. Originally, they weren't going to give me a Telfar bag, and I was okay with that. I was just, you know, really enjoying the fact that, you know, I was able to interact with his team and him himself. But um, I don't know what happened. Someone said something, and I got sent a bag from the Ugg collection, which was really, really cool. Um, And that just made me really just enjoy the brand and what they're about and what they're trying to do community-wise. I might just actually insert that clip into like a TikTok or a reel if I choose to like promote this episode in that way so y'all can actually see that interaction because it was actually um, kind of funny, a little shady, but mostly funny. But anyways, let's actually get into this conversation. So I mostly wanted to have this conversation because of a couple of recent tweets I made, but I really feel like this conversation really has spanned the last two years that Telfar has risen. I feel like people are having a hard time understanding that not only do we have a Black-owned brand that is commodified at a very high level, but also the fact that they're when they say they're inclusive, they actually really do mean that. We're seeing a lot of brands coming out right now having claims of being inclusive, but Telfar is actually showing us what inclusivity actually should look like in this day and age, from their marketing to, you know, what they're doing in for our communities and just overall just showing us how the conversation of luxury is being changed. And honestly, that's why I just think it's just extremely disheartening when I see people have such a dislike and some for some a hatred for Telfar when he's doing so much for a lot of our communities Um, And that's really why I just had to title this that your dislike for Telfar is anti-Black because that's at this point, that's really what it is. A lot of people don't want to see that change actually happen. And it's for some, it's really like hitting them to the core to see a Black-owned brand at the stature win. And this is not to say that Telfar is, of course, the first Black-owned brand to be reaching these heights and these levels because we've seen it done before in the early 2000s with, you know, Rocco Rare, 
um, fat farm, baby fat, you know, the list goes on with the amount of, you know, great um, black owned brands that came out of, you know, that Y2K era. But I think what's the difference between, you know, a, take a brand like baby fat and Telfar is the fact that we're saying in this day and age as consumers that we're not going to let, you know, certain things dictate the demise of a black owned brand because I think that's what happened to a lot of those brands that we saw, you know, in the early 2000s and even years and decades before is that, you know, certain people of certain communities infiltrated and once they saw that they didn't have any use for, you know, these brands anymore, they kind of just thought it was just something that was easily easy to just basically dispose and forget about and we're not doing that with Telfar. Um, Telfar is really here to stay. And they're making that known with the the actions that they're doing with, you know, philanthropy and, um, you know, with engagement when it comes to, you know, their consumer base and just really getting to know the type of people that they're trying to appeal to. So I want to take a second and quickly address something that basically kind of made me want to make this episode. And I made a, I basically made a tweet saying people's dislike for Telfar is so anti-black. And someone made a comment, which I eventually hid because it was just, to me, it just seemed very ne- unnecessary. And they said black designers should have a following based on talent and not on social issues. I'm black and Telfar isn't my style. If that makes me anti-black, oh well, fashion doesn't have color. And to that, honestly, that whole comment was just extremely dense. Um, You don't have to be the most intuitive fashion person to know that the fashion industry in the year 2022 is still very much racist. Like, we just came out of Paris Fashion Week, and I was just looking at shows and noticing the lack of diversity in each show. Um, And... We hear the horror stories all the time from a lot of these models, especially a lot of these dark skinned models um, who have either retired very early at the height of or high end pinnacle of their careers. Um, Just talk about the backlash of being dark skinned and having to experience being on these considerably white runways. And to the point that that person was trying to make and saying that Telfar basically built a following from social issues and not necessarily talent. First, yes, Telfar did gain a lot of hype at a time where we saw a lot of mainstream white guilt. And I honestly see nothing wrong with that because what came out of that was a lot of exposure to a lot of the great Black-owned brands that we know now. And second, uh, Telfar doesn't only make bags. He as well designs clothing and non-binary clothing and that as well as other accessories so at this point you guys are just choosing to dislike Telfar and to the point of this episode it's anti-black and to be honest with y'all at this point I can give you guys a list of all the things that are considered anti-black that y'all have against Telfar you know what I'm gonna actually do it the fact that you guys keep having constant discourse about the material that's being used to make the bags and the other accessories anti black. The fact that there's more non black and white people that own the bags than black people 
anti-black. The fact that you, some of you guys wouldn't even consider the bag luxury because it's not over a thousand dollars, anti-black. Like I can really go on at this point because it's really ridiculous how you guys are trying to basically see a demise in Telfar. This is not the early two thousands anymore. There's no we're here now or we're gone later because Telfar has made it very clear that they're here to stay. Now, some of the things that I did list that were anti-black were to be funny, but on a serious note, I do want to take the time in this episode to talk about two specific things. Um, one, the sustainable aspect of Telfar, and two, the topic of whether or not it's considered luxury. So for those that don't know, Telfar is a sustainable black-owned brand. All of their accessories are made out of vegan leather, and for those that don't know, Vegan leather is made out of polyurethane, which is also known as PU leather, and that can basically be on a scale of very high being, you know, it being equated to real leather and it being on the lower end, which is very, um, very cheap. And of course, it doesn't last very long at all. Um, I'm not really sure exactly where Telfar falls on that scale, but just from, you know, having that experience of knowing the difference between real leather, high-grade PU leather, and low-grade PU leather, I would definitely say Telfar is on the higher end of that. Um, and we've seen the conversations before. Um, PU leather and or vegan leather is not meant to last very, very long. And Telfar has disclosed that. So when I see these conversations of people saying, well, you know, the bags, you know, shouldn't cost this much because of this. You also have to account production. Someone is doing the labor to make these bags. Um, and because I think that Telfar is using a higher grade of PU leather, it still does have a cost. Yes, vegan slash PU leather is more accessible. It doesn't also mean that it is extremely cheap. And I think it's important that us as consumers should be doing our due diligence to really, you know, take that step forward to actually learn uh, not only about the brand, but also about the product that we're about to put our money into. I feel like if a lot of people actually did their research in understanding what Telfar was instead of just, you know, buying off of hype, there wouldn't be so, so much discourse about disliking the bag and its material, if you understand how vegan leather works, you wouldn't have such a huge problem about the material that's being used. Point blank, period. Um, do your due diligence to know what you're purchasing before you put your hard-earned money into it. And also, I feel like a lot of people don't know how to take care of vegan leather as well. Um, I haven't seen Telfar really give any instructions as to how to take care of vegan leather items. So I'm going to just give a tip that I've been doing for a couple of years. And this works for garments and accessories. So for garments, you can wash your vegan leather items inside out on a cold cycle um, and make sure not to dry it, only air dry it. And then once it's fully air dried, Reverse it back to the leather side, and of course, you do have to oil it. I use baby oil, but you can Google and see what other oils you can use. I just know that baby oil is for sure safe on vegan leather items. Um, and when it comes to accessories, just using a towel, using a safe detergent as well, 
and um, oiling it and doing the same process. And this works every single time and you can avoid having cracks on your um, vegan leather items. Also, the Telfar bags do come with a dust bag. I feel like a lot of people need to be more um, intentional with you know, owning the bag. And when you're not using it, put it in a dust bag. That's literally what it's meant for is to avoid any harsh, you know, things in our environment that would affect the bag from cracking. So the last thing I want to get into when it comes to the sustainability portion of the bag is the structure. I know a lot of people have basically complained at the fact that, you know, the bag isn't as structured compared to other bags. And I will say at first I did agree um, because I'm used to having bags that, you know, can sit up and stand up on their own. And this is around the time when basically Telfar started picking up on their hype. And I think at this point, maybe I've ordered my second or third bag. And I emailed them because I wasn't understanding why the bags basically come with a crease in them. And for those who have the bag, you know what I'm talking about. Like the bag comes folded already and then it's the um, arms are basically, you know, packaged correctly. And they told me the reason why that the bag comes folded or pre-folded that way is so that way it's easy for you to basically store it away or travel with. And for someone who tends to like travel quite frequently with my Telfar bags, um, it made so much sense why they did that. Because you don't have to worry about the bag taking up so much space in your luggage. Even for me just to put my bags away in my closet, it's just super easy. And I think people kind of skip past that part because of the fact that, you know, the bag doesn't sit up on its own without it having basically some sort of weight inside of it. But I will say Telfar is definitely listening and um, basically trying to come up with solutions to make a more structured bag. For those who follow me on Twitter, you've seen that there has been sites of a new look for Telfar. It's a more circle bag and it does look like it has a lot more structure and it stands on its own. And honestly, I can't wait to actually physically see this bag if it becomes a thing. They haven't really disclosed if they are or not because the person who has shared the bag, um, uh, for those who, if you guys don't already know who this is, London Girl in NYC basically had got gifted the bag for Christmas from Telfar um, and shared it to everyone. So... There hasn't been any sight of it actually coming out or not, but it was just great to see that new silhouette. So let's go ahead and get into the luxury portion of it. This is what's really been having so much conversation surround so far is whether or not they're considered luxury. And to that, I say yes. I think we've been so accustomed to seeing bags, just designer brands in general, ranging from a $500 price point and higher and considering that luxury. And the fact that we are seeing um, bags, hats, belts, and more at a very low price point and considering luxury is what's not making sense to people. We have to realize that us as people, we decide what makes things luxury specifically black people let's let's be honest we really are the ones who kind of bring the hype to certain brands and certain items and determine what's in and what's really out we are the blueprint that's understood 
So I'm not understanding why basically when we've taken Telfar and said that this is what is our new age luxury that we're now having people take it and say, no, it's not. Um, There is a level of elitism that does need to be discussed because it ties back into the whole conversation of the fact that the bag isn't made out of certain materials and yada, 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 that it's not considered luxury. But luxury really is not defined by price point. Actually, let me rephrase that in saying that luxury in this day and age is not defined by price point. Before, yes, it was because what is considered luxurious previously was defined by exclusivity, craftsmanship, innovation, you know, sense of place and time, sophistication. All those things were what used to define luxury. Specifically, the exclusivity part, because I think I've finally put the dot on why I said that, you know, there's a a level of elitism that comes to the fact of the conversation of uh, what is considered luxurious. Because, yes, people who are elitists do not want everyone to have access to certain things that they do. Telfar is giving people Every, well, everybody access to their brand. And because there are people who are of a certain stature that can afford the bag in multiples, it doesn't give them that exclusivity that they usually get if they were to go to Hermes or uh, Chanel. You know, We can name every fashion house in the book. But I also feel like people are missing the part where technically Telfar is still very much exclusive. There's still a large amount of people who still can't get their hands on a Telfar bag, even though there's been, like, I think at this point, three bag security programs. And a lot of people really did think that bag security was going to take away from the demand of Telfar and, you know, not make it exclusive anymore. But it didn't. There's still a huge population of people who can't even say that they have at least one Telfar bag. So that's one. Two... There's also a huge resale market for Telfar bags. And it's, it's funny I'm saying this because I actually meant to make this as a point earlier when I was being funny. That it is kind of anti-black that there's people selling the bags for two, three times the retail price. It's ridiculous. I shouldn't be seeing, you know, Telfar bags on StockX or any other site where you would typically buy sneakers from. And to be honest, we do have the straight men to blame for that because while we go in our business... Like, why are y'all in women's business? Like, that's really why we had such a nasty resale market is because straight men want to be buying Telfar bags and flipping it like it's sneakers. Like, stay out of our business. But anyways, last thing I want to say before I end this episode is even though Telfar has made it clear that, you know, the brand is for everybody, it's okay if it's not for you. And honestly, I have an immense respect for people who are able to look at the brand, um, critique the products, and have an understanding that, okay, this might not work for me, but I understand why this is working for others. And I do the same thing when it comes to other Black-owned brands, because not every Black-owned brand is meant to cater to me and the things that I enjoy and the things that I like and... um, the best that I can do is to share regardless because what 
might not work for me doesn't mean it won't work for others. And I think if we all had that same mindset when we view Black-owned brands, we wouldn't be having all this unnecessary discourse about things that really just don't matter. But stop hating outside the club when you can't even get in. (laughs) Anyways, as long as Telfar is constantly putting things out, changing the status quo, there's always going to be this surrounding discourse and conversation around the brand that we're never going to see the end of. And like I said earlier, Telfar is here to stay. They're not going anywhere. So y'all just going to have to be mad about it. So that's the episode, guys. Thank you for taking your time out to sit in on this one and listen. I think it's really important to have conversations like this on here, and I really do hope I'm able to host more like it. So if you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe as well. Leave a review. I would really love to see some of you guys' feedback on the podcast as a whole, whether it's how I'm doing or what you want to hear next. And also, don't forget to follow me at Section OD across all of my social platforms so you can stay up to date with new episodes, new blog posts, and more. So see you guys in the next episode.